Good morning, and welcome to the Good Shepherd live stream. We want to warmly welcome you, uh, whether you're part of our church family or your extended family or you have stumbled across our service this morning. We hope that you feel the presence and peace of Christ among us this morning. Hear now these words of our call to worship. When our lives feel like a valley of dried bones, the Spirit clothes our hearts with flesh and breathes new life into our souls. When our lives become a valley of dry bones, God clothes us with flesh and hearts that beat with love. When our souls seemed withered away, God breathes new life into us once more that we might live. This morning, I am joined um, by our associate pastor, Pastor Mack, our administrative assistant, uh, Doreen Nkrumah, our sound tech, Grayson Evett, our music ministry coordinator, Jimmy Reed, and our choir director um, and lead vocalist these days, um, Linda Teasley. And I am Sarah Keeling. I'm the lead pastor of Good Shepherd. This morning, as we are worshiping together, I want to um, remind you that even in these strange economic times to um, continue with your faithful giving for Good Shepherd. We want to make sure that we can continue to pay uh, all of our employees and to keep up with our apportionments and our other financial obligations. And we thank you for those who have so generously given already. You're, you're giving online through PayPal and dropping your um, offering in the mail and um, bringing it by the church at times. And we're just so grateful for that. And so for the gifts that you are giving and are going to give, I invite you to join together with me in an offering prayer. Holy God, you sent your Son into the world that we might set our minds on life and peace rather than dwelling on earthly things. Receive this offering that it may go forth to continue the wor work of Christ who brings fullness of life. May our gifts be a source of light in a world that has learned to love the darkness. Amen. Jesus, I've forgotten the words that you have spoken. Promises that burn within my heart have now grown dim with a doubting heart. journeys that have drawn me far from you so 
transgressions, help me love you to know you and all your tender mercies like a river of forgiveness ever flowing without end so I bow my heart before you in the goodness of your presence your grace forever shining like a beacon in the If you have your bulletin, I would invite you to join me in our prayer of confession. Lord of life, we come to you consumed by our worry and our pain. When we blame you for not being there in our need, forgive us. When we turn away from you in moments of loss, guide us back to your faithful arms. For we long to put faith in your promised healing. We yearn to truly believe that you are the resurrection and the life. Teach us once more, merciful one, that when you weep, that when we weep, you weep, and you rejoice when we find our way home. Amen. God makes us a promise. I will not put my spirit, I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. The one who showed Ezekiel that a valley of dry bones could live again will bring us newness of life through Christ, who is the resurrection and the life. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And our invitation to the word this morning. Listen to the word of God, for God's word is life, but death runs swift. Believe in the promise of the resurrection. We want to believe. Help our unbelief. Those who live and believe in Christ will never die. We find faith in the Lord.
of life. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 130, and I'll be reading the New Revised Standard Version. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord, more than those who watch for the morning. More than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Our Old Testament reading is from the 37th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me all around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinews on you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I had been commanded, and I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked, and there were sinews on them, and flesh had become upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, Mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live. And I will place you on your own soil, and you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. If there are children in your household, I would invite you to encourage them to join Pastor Sarah and me for the next few moments. 
Hello? Hello? Is Pastor Sarah there? Hello? Is this thing on? Can you hear me now? Can I, can I, what is this? Can you take a picture with this? This is a telephone. Oh, it's a phone. Oh. Yeah, put, put it to your ear. My. Is this Pastor Sarah? Uh, yes. Can you, can you, have can you, you seen Mac? Now you need to hold it to your mouth. Oh. Oh, can you, can you hear me now? Have you seen Mac? Let me see. Is there anybody here named Mac? Oh, I'm Mac. Okay. Pastor Sarah, it is so good to hear your voice. I haven't seen you since last Sunday. It's just so good to hear your voice. It is. It's good to hear, see you and hear your voice. And You, and we you can it. see me? Well, I think so. I'm talking to Pastor Sarah on the phone because we're supposed to stay six feet apart. But I, I can see and hear you without this. Cause you we're, can? Well, we're in the same room right now. Oh, okay. Well, in that case... I'll tell you what, I won't, I won't keep you because it's Sunday, and I know that you're busy because pastors only work on Sunday. So. These are interesting times. We have different ways of communicating with people where we used to just hang out together and think nothing of being, having a lot of people in the same room. Today, you may have noticed that we're communicating in different ways. A lot of people are using their cell phones. They're talking on the phones instead of spending so much time in person. People use tablets, and they use FaceTime and Zoom and Google Hangout and different apps, apps like that to communicate. People send text messages on their phones, but they also often send email on their computers. But one of the interesting things about talking to God is we don't need a cup and a string, and we don't need a cell phone, and we don't need um, a tablet or an iPad. We don't need a computer to send an email. We can talk to God anytime we want to. Now, a lot of times when we pray, we fold our hands and we bow our heads, but we don't even have to do that. I was talking to God as I was driving uh, over to the church today, and it's a good thing that I didn't close my eyes when I talked to God because I was behind the wheel of the car. But we can talk to God any time we want to. And what we call that when we talk to, with God is we call that prayer. And nothing pleases God more than for us to turn to God in prayer. So if these times are just a little unusual, if you're spending more time in the house than you would like to, maybe people in your family are getting on each other's nerves a little bit, just know that you can always talk to God and tell God how you feel. So I'm going to invite you to join me in a word of prayer right now. Dear God, we thank you that you're always there, that we never get a busy signal, that we don't need an app, we don't need a computer, that we can talk to you anytime we want to, and that you always listen. So we give you thanks for Jesus, who makes it possible for us to come to you in prayer. Amen. Many of us are trying not to think too much about the deadly reality of the virus and to focus on all of the positive things around us like the beauty of spring and the things that we can be grateful for and that we can at least worship in this way, even though it's, it's remote and different and strange, but we're still together. 
We're starting to anticipate and dream of the joy that we will feel when we are all back together in the sanctuary again, when we are, when we are hugging and singing and dancing. And yes, Pastor Mac, I suspect there will be dancing when we are all back together again. And as much as I'd rather lead you in this vision of this glory this morning for when this is all over, it's just too soon. Our Old Testament lesson today reminds us that we first have to go to the Valley of the Dry Bones with Ezekiel. If you're looking at pictures from around the world right now, especially the news coming out of Italy or some of our other major cities, if you're daring to look at the pictures of the hospitals and makeshift morgues, you see a lot of suffering and a lot of death. And it's not hard to imagine that we are approaching living in days of the Valley of the Bones. The Valley of the Dry Bones is the book of Ezekiel's most iconic passage. It has inspired songs, some of them silly, some graphic images, and of course, hope of the resurrection when all seems lost. God takes the prophet Ezekiel on a vision quest, quest whisked away in the Lord's spirit. Ezekiel says, God, let me, led me out and set me down to a dry, dusty valley filled with skeletons. Ezekiel walks around them and sees everything, rib bones and skulls and femurs and vertebrae, and he gets a close-up view of the devastation. Amongst human remains that are far beyond decomposition, God then asks Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Really, can these dusty, dry bones live again? Ezekiel responds, Lord God, only you know. New life for these bones is beyond human power and understanding. We human beings could not see a way here. We could not begin this restoration project. We could not bring them back, and only God can help us now. God continues to instruct Ezekiel to speak, and the bones rise up with great quaking, bone by bone, and they come back together again. Then sinews and muscle and fat and flesh and skin appear. And yes, this is all rather creepy. With the bodies fully restored, Ezekiel notes that they still had no breath in them. And God says to Ezekiel, say to the four winds, breathe. Breathe into these dead bodies and let them live. So now from a valley of dry bones, we have a huge number of living and breathing people. Now, remember, this is a vision. This is not a story about something that happened in history, but a vision, not real people brought back to life, because God goes on to explain to Ezekiel that this represents, this is the house of Israel. And now God will not stop until the nation of Israel has been restored. The prophet Ezekiel was speaking to exiles who had seen their city destroyed, their kingdom ruined. The kingdom of Judah was brought to an end with the Babylonian destruction in the year 586 before Christ. All that they had known turned to dusty ruin and hopelessness. They weren't destroyed by a virus or economic collapse, but by military might and conquest from another kingdom. With their temple destroyed, their holy city ransacked, their leaders imprisoned, 
their people killed, enslaved, or hauled off into exile. They were a people who had lost their hope and their heart. And so Ezekiel rose up as a prophet of God to preach hope and restoration at a time like that. Restoration as dramatic as new life, new spirit into dry bones. We also call this resurrection. The gospel lesson for today that was part of the lectionary, which we didn't read in service, but you can read for yourself in the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 45, is the story of Lazarus. You may recall that Lazarus had died, word had reached Jesus, Jesus wept. Jesus returned, argues with Lazarus's sister Martha about the stench of death, rolls away the stone, calls Lazarus forth. And Lazarus returns, fully restored to life. Life where there was death, flesh where there was only bone, and spirit where there had been no breath. We may get caught up in the details of these stories and the gore. We may get caught up in the questions, as with other miracle stories, of why this doesn't happen for our loved ones. After all, our beloveds do not come back from the grave, and we would be foolish to hope and pray for such things. Lazarus also dies another death someday. And that isn't the point of the story either. Just as the dry bones are not individual people with real lives returning, the point is to remind us that the God who creates life out of mud and clay is the God who continues to create We will all share in the resurrection with Christ one day, but in the meantime, God continues to work new life all around us, to breathe the breath of life into situations, scenarios, places, relationships, things that seemed over and far gone. God can work to bring new life, new hope, where there wasn't any. Death where there was life, healing where there was sickness, company where there was isolation. In what ways do we feel hopeless right now? Are there ways that we feel dried up? We may all feel a little dried up. We may be struggling with our new normal. We may be stressed and tired and anxious and lonely. We may be longing for the parties and the hugs and the dinners and the celebrations and the visits we will have, and yet we don't know when that's going to be. We long for normalcy again. We know that we are not out of this yet. We know that people that we know are starting to get sick. How can we live a life that comes out of dust and bones? These words speak to us of hope for when we need it, of restoration to bring life back to normal. While we're not together yet in flesh and blood, not in person, we are connected in spirit, through our own hearts and minds, and within God's spirit always. And this passage of Ezekiel reminds us of the importance of the spirit. You may recall in the very beginning in the book of Genesis, God formed human beings with God's hands out of dirt. On Ash Wednesday, 
which seems like forever ago, we recalled that we are all dust and that to dust we shall return. God took that form and breathed life into it, the breath of God, ruach. We call it the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel emphasizes that it is the spirit that works apart from bone and flesh and that true life doesn't exist without that breath, that spirit. The spirit moves and breathes and shifts and guides and works through and with us. We are not just sitting around or going out and about and waiting for God to fix all of this for us. We are not imagining that all we need is God's protection for us. We do not believe that prayer alone will solve this. Instead, we are called to work with God, to serve the least and the last, to social distance and stay home and away to help protect the weak, the sick, the elderly, the vulnerable. We are called to help in all of the ways that we can and to do no harm to the extent that we can. A lady in my neighborhood last week tried to high-five me. And when I stepped back from her, she said, You're a pastor. Don't you believe you are washed in the blood of Jesus? I said, Man, that's not how that works. Of course, I believe that, but I don't believe that that is going to protect any of us from a virus. We cannot imagine that those who have already been infected, and especially those who have died, somehow lacked faith or God's favor. When we gaze across the valley of dry bones, when we consider that, that horrifying image, when we think of the loss and grief in our world, it's understandable if we are uncertain, like Ezekiel, that there's any hope for these bones. People throughout all times and places have encountered all sorts of trials and troubles and struggled to embody hope for themselves and for others. The Spirit calls us to have hope, to offer what we have, our, our prayers, our time for phone calls and notes, our creativity with what we can share. We know that the distance we are keeping is not out of fear, but out of love, out of the hope that what we give up will save lives, out of the confidence that out of whatever is scary, whatever is stressful, whatever is desolate, dry, and difficult, that whatever is broken, God can work to bring back together, that God can wring good out of the worst situations, that God can help us to find meaning out of the worst grief that God can bring us back to the land of the living, to our own soil, back to our community, to our churches, to our schools, to our places of work, to the places where we are vital and connected. Someday. And in the meantime, we serve, and we love, and we pray, and we do not give up hope. We do not give up on love, and we do not give up on our faith. Because Easter is coming, and resurrection will happen, and God will hold us. Amen.
for the next few minutes, I would like to lead you through a meditation, and then we will turn to the prayers of the people. And if you don't have much experience with guided meditation, if the idea, if the idea seems a little out there, relax. This is simply an opportunity to become more aware of the presence of God. Let me begin by encouraging you to make sure you are sitting comfortably, and if possible, somewhere with a minimum of distractions. You may want to close your eyes or perhaps choose a visual focal point, like a candle, as a reminder of God's active presence in our silence. As you settle in, first allow yourself to be aware of all the sensory input that enters your consciousness, what you see or hear or smell, what you feel, the presence of the seat beneath you, your clothing, the warmth or coolness in the room. There's no need to suppress these sensory experiences as a distraction. Just note them and respond to them as seems appropriate. You might offer a prayer of gratitude for the furnace that keeps your home warm, for the refrigerator that kicks on so your food is safe to eat, for the orderly flow of traffic on the street outside, or for the sound of birds outside your window. You may want to pray for patience for things that irritate or are unpleasant, for any discomfort or annoyances. Naming and praying about them allows them to recede from the center of consciousness. After noting these physical sensations, consider the things that occupy your ever-turning mind. Tasks to complete, frustrations to deal with, anxieties to manage, people and situations you are worried or troubled by. Don't try to shut out these thoughts and anxieties. Instead, name them directly and let yourself feel all the emotions they raise in you. All of them are safe to bring before God. Then ask what, if anything, you can and should do about them and resolve to do it. Write a letter, make a call, Stay in intentional prayer for someone. Extend an apology. Offer practical help with a problem. Whatever it is, listen and be ready to say yes to these promptings. They are the guidance of the Spirit and the doorway to the next step, which is this. Having done what you can and ought to do, you can leave the rest in God's capable hands. Resign and deliberately lay down the effort to make everything come out right. Envision yourself handing all the things you cannot fix over to Jesus, who can do all that is needed, and then leave them there. God will be God. It is enough for you to be a servant. Finally, you are ready to come to the very center of prayer, 
where you pour out your deepest heart to God. Speak here your words of gratitude, repentance, thanksgiving, and joy. Here, reclaim your identity as the beloved of God who came in the person of Jesus and promises never to leave you alone. Place yourself and all the concerns of your life in God's care, trusting God for the resources you need to free you from everything that binds and burdens you, from everything that keeps you from rejoicing in God's presence and will. Ask God for the gifts you need to be who God created you to be and give thanks for God is faithful. And now let us turn to God with our prayers of intercession and supplication. Loving God, free us from the fears that dry our souls, our hearts, and our bones. Set our minds on the spirit of life and peace that we may follow Christ Jesus, who is the resurrection and life. Endow those who govern with the capacity, foresight, and courage to act decisively for the benefit of all your children throughout our community, our nation, and the world. Bring your healing touch upon all who suffer from illness, emotional turmoil, or despair, and grant those who give them care rest for today and hope for tomorrow. Let our tears be dried and our grief released, for as Jesus called Lazarus from his tomb, you call our loved ones to the joy of new and eternal life. Hearten the spirits of those you have sent to lead your church as they proclaim your word and bring us together into the light of Christ. Loving God, breathe into our mortal bones and awaken us from the death of sin as our waiting souls turn toward the radiance of your mercy, forgiveness, and everlasting life. All this we ask through Jesus, who taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. in Christ Jesus with those who are around us. May we go forth this day to serve and to love and to be an example of that grace and mercy. Go forth this day in peace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.